And good morning once again. Current time live from the downtown KOPN studios is 9.01 a.m. on this Monday, the 22nd of February, and we're pleased to welcome you to Community Pulse, another live edition of our locally produced program on the coronavirus pandemic here in mid-Missouri. As a reminder of our production schedule, you can catch Community Pulse live Mondays and Wednesdays from 9 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. The program is then immediately available along with all of our programs on our website, kopn.org, kopn.org. If you happen to follow us on Facebook, we post the program up a little bit later in the day along with germane links uh, to the day's discussion, and you can even find us, the entire catalog that is on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. On today's program, we actually do have a pre-recorded interview. The reason for this is that uh, one of our hosts, public health advocate Jeannie Chadwick, happened to interview the Teacher of the Year uh, for the Fortland School District here in mid-Missouri. Her name is Melissa Misty Grandel. And Melissa was uh, one of the signatories, uh, five teachers of the year, that sent the Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services Director Randall Williams a letter asking for the prioritization of uh, vaccines for teachers. So the, obviously the reason that the uh, interview is pre-recorded is because Madam Grandell is teaching at the moment. It's an excellent interview. We do hope that you enjoy it, and we're going to go ahead and get it rolling for you now. Thanks so much for joining us here on your listener-supported and volunteer-operated community radio station, and do enjoy the interview. Hi, Misty. Thank you so much for joining today. I'm really excited that we're getting to interview one of the Missouri Teachers of the Year. And so you are the 2020 recipient. If you could just introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about um, where you're at in the state of Missouri, where you teach, and um, you know how long you've been teaching. Sure, Jenny. Thank you so much for having me on your show today. I'm so excited to be here. As you said, my name is Misty Grandel, and I'm the 2020 Missouri Teacher of the Year. This is my 26th year in the classroom, and I teach high school English and Spanish. And my district is Fordland High School, and that's in southwest Missouri, about 20 miles from Springfield. Awesome. And how big is your school district? The high school has about 150, 160 kids in it. Um, PK-12, I think we're about 650. And have you guys been teaching in person this entire pandemic or did you go remote? We have been teaching in person since August. Now in the spring, of course, uh, we were not in person, but we have every single day since the, the beginning of the school year, we've been in person. So the primary um, thing that stimulated this call was a letter. And so I want to give listeners just kind of some perspective of what's happening right now around the country and then in the state as far as vaccines. So right now, you know, the New York Times has been doing a great job keeping track of the percentage of the states that have been vaccinated. And Missouri has been falling towards the bottom of that list. You know, we were actually the 50th state for quite some time. We are now at the 43rd state in the nation based on percentage. So we have about 12% of our state population that has been vaccinated with two doses and then 5% with, um, or sorry, 12% with one dose and 5% with the two doses. So we really are falling at a low percentage, whereas like 
Alaska, who has just been doing a rock star job, has 20% of their population already um, vaccinated with that first dose. So as we think about who is getting vaccinated in each of these states, you know, it really is state dependent. The CDC put out guidance which we'll make sure to put that um, link to this in the show notes for our listeners. But they put out guidance of who should be vaccinated right now. And, you know, there's different tiers. So to explain to our listeners, and most of you guys have heard this before, but we obviously had tier 1A, and those were our healthcare workers and our long-term care facility residents and staff. And they were the first people to get vaccinated. And then we opened phase 1A. B. And the phase 1B has different tiers to it as well, but those are our frontline essential workers and anybody over an elderly age. And the CDC says 75, although we know that some states have ranged in that to open it up to um, 65. So part of the definition of their phase 1B is on the frontline essential workers, firefighters, police officers, and we've seen this pretty much across the country in all states that those individuals have had access to the vaccine. What the CDC does list in 1B is also education sectors. So our teachers, our support staff, and our daycare workers. Now, again, this is guidance by the CDC and each state gets to make the decision on who they open this vaccine up to. And, you know, according to the CDC, the next phase is 1C, and that would be anybody over the age of 65, which we have seen in many states, we've opened that up to 65. But according to the CDC, they are putting their teachers and any educational sector support staff and daycare workers in that phase 1B. So that would be what almost every state in the nation has open. The New York Times does a great job of listing who is currently eligible for the vaccine by state. And right now, 29 of the 50 states have teachers available to receive the vaccine already. And, you know, when we look at the map and we look at where Missouri is, um, every state around us that touches us, but Oklahoma, Um, has the vaccine open and eligible right now for teachers. But Missouri's phases are not open for teachers. So here comes, I think, the letter and where you guys come in. So tell, can you tell us a little bit about who wrote the letter and what instigated the writing of the letter? Sure. Um, So our little group, it's five of us, and we are the past five years teachers of the year. Okay. And so we often work together to uplift education, to talk about the teaching profession, anything to do with kids. You know, this is going to be our area. And so we really just want to have positivity toward education and the teaching field. And so we chose to write this letter to to Director Williams specifically uh, because we feel that educators and support staff should be a priority in the vaccine distribution. Over 94% of state-funded schools offer on-site education options right now. Teachers are back in the classroom. Many of them, including myself, have been back since August. Vaccinating them would be an extra layer in school safety. Kids need healthy teachers in the classroom. Of course, what we now know is 
that the state, since our letter came out, has made it clear they have no intention of moving the education staff up in the tiers. And so really what the five of us would like to see now, what we're requesting, is that at least we get further prioritization um, as within that tier three. So those who work with children deserve some level of protection before the end of the school year, because that's what's best for kids and kids deserve healthy teachers and staff. And we have seen Missouri move around their tiers and even create new tiers as this process has unfolded. And so right now, you know, we have active or open our phase 1A in the state of Missouri, which is again, all our healthcare workers, and then one B, tier one, which is our law enforcement, our public health administration, corrections, um, and then tier two, which is everybody over the age of 65, anybody with chronic illness, um, and you know we have a list of chronic illnesses that qualify. And then we have this next tier, which is what we call phase 1B tier three. And there are a lot of people in that tier. And so um, the next phase would include all of our food and agriculture sector, any government employee, any government like elected official, anybody in information technology, anybody in communications, right? And so I think, Misty, what I hear you call for is let's make sure that teachers and educators are at the top of that next priority list. Like if we're not going to move them into the current active phase, let's put them in a tier above what's next up. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. And I just want to take a step back and say that it has never been our intention to bump ahead of anyone who has uh, been prioritized for vaccinations. Uh, for me specifically and personally, honestly, this is so important because my own father-in-law passed away of COVID and he was in his 70s um, this fall. And undoubtedly, the vaccine would have saved his life. And then beyond that, my own father received the vaccine recently and it's so important that he did because he's had multiple strokes he's high risk and i did i did want him to receive the vaccine there's no doubt about that all of us feel that way it's not a competition for vaccinations the reality is that we are just seeking to present that teachers and school staff will best serve kids when they're healthy and that means we need the vaccinations it's not either or it's both and you know, and we do talk a lot about the scarcity of the vaccine right now and who would be reprioritized, right? Um, you know, working in um, healthcare, working in um, some of these positions that the tiers are opening for, these aren't necessarily frontline workers anymore that are being prioritized and that, you know, some individuals who are currently actively getting the vaccine have no direct outside contact with individuals. And so we have posed the question on the show before, if we open a new tier up, you know, how do we reprioritize who doesn't get the priority? But what we know um, and what we've seen through this pandemic is that our teachers have been going to work and interacting and our child care workers have been and so they are at risk you know the news reported that that three of the five of of the teachers of the year have already had covid so you know misty can you talk a little bit about that and the 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 true risk that exists as a teacher 
Sure. Um, you know, I mean, I think there's been a big conversation about our schools safe, does COVID spread in schools? And I have been fortunate enough to have meetings with Commissioner Van Dieven, and she's just really, really an outstanding human being. And there's absolutely no way she would send kids or adults into Missouri schools if she thought that they were not safe. I believe, uh, you know, in science and science tells us that if we use safety and mitigation strategies, COVID doesn't spread in schools. But I do think that's a big if, and we need to continue to be incredibly diligent in implementing those strategies. You know, as I said, I returned to seated instruction in August, and I personally feel very safe. My school has a mask mandate, um, although we do have to be careful because kids, don't, they do like to pull them down. They do like to take them off when we're not looking. So it's always this thing where it's constant, constant monitoring. Um, but... I'm also able to social distance most of the time. The problem is that I am not sure that all schools are successful in implementing those strategies. You know, I'm not saying that they are, I'm not saying that they aren't. I couldn't possibly answer for them, but I will say that a lot of schools were not designed with social distancing in mind. So personally, I'm gonna say again, I feel extremely safe and I feel that my own daughter is safe in public schools when she's there but I do see why people question that. And, you know, there's just the fact that schools don't have the physical space to give that three foot or six foot space. You know, I know here in the Columbia Public School District, we've had lots of school board meetings and, and public conversations about the fact that some classrooms simply do not allow for even three foot of space between um, students. And as we eat, you know, we can't keep students in the classroom all day without feeding them or giving them fluids, right? And, you know, I have a daughter in uh, the Columbia Public School, you know, as well. And and for the most part, she feels really safe and she can have distance, but that we know that that's not at all times. We can't always have our mask on. We are taking them off to eat. Um, there's not always a time that you can be three or six feet away from another individual. There's, there's space restrictions. And so knowing that the teachers are in person, the call for categorization and, you know, looking at this map, um, it, and it, it honestly, it was surprising to me to see the number of states that do have teachers currently eligible for the vaccine, right? So when we think about, well, who gets reprioritized, the states have already around the country prioritized and allowed teachers to start receiving the vaccine at this point. Um, so the letter is um, publicly available. The Missouri State Teachers Association has it posted on their Facebook page on February 15th. Um, so I will say that there is also another petition that's going out there. So the Missouri um, National Asso Education Association's president, Phil Murray, has posted a letter that he wrote to Dr. Randall Williams as well on behalf of the 32,000 teachers, counselors, bus drivers, and staff that work within the state of Missouri, asking for educators to be prioritized um, and, and prioritize the support staff as well for the for currently allowing them to get the vaccine. And again, as listed in the, the letter, Arkansas, Iowa, Illinois, Kansas, Kentucky, Nebraska, all currently are vaccinating educated educators. So a call and a petition out there 
to move them up. Some teachers have received the vaccine. So I, do you know of teachers in your school maybe that have received the vaccine already? Sure. There have been a couple because, of course, some of them are of that age or they do have those um, health conditions that have allowed them to be prioritized. Yeah. So right now, the Columbia Public School is actually um, stating that 18.2 percent of the staff um, here in the school district have been vaccinated already. And and Misty, as you said, you know, either they have a pre-existing condition, um, they might be over the age of 65. Um, and so there is reasons um, that teachers have been vaccinated. There's been an interesting, interesting discussion, and I don't know the answer, and you might not either, but so we know that the surrounding states are vaccinating teachers. So Kansas is obviously um, not too far from you. It's not super close, but, um, you know, a lot of the people in the St. Louis region have Illinois on the side. And, and oftentimes we cross state borders to get health care. Um, so there was an interesting question posed um, on the Facebook page, Missouri for Safe Returns to Campus, uh, of whether, you know, so Carbondale Civic Center is having a mass vaccination clinic um, over these next five days, and there's appointments currently available. So, you know, based on the criteria that they give, they say bring your dri a, a valid driver's license and ID, a proof of ID of where you work. There is no specific call on the website of if you have to have a state driver's license being the state of Illinois or the state of Kansas, for instance. So, and Misty, you might not have heard at all, but have you heard of teachers that maybe leave the state of Missouri to get vaccinated? Sure, I don't know anyone um, personally who has done that, but of course I have read about it on Facebook, social media. So I do know that it is happening. Um, I feel like teachers recognize that they, they want to do what's best for their schools and for their students. You know, I mean, part of our situation is that educators and school staff are often the first to respond to uh, community needs. I can't even guess how many meals I handed out this summer, for example. I sponsor clubs where kids are cohorted and they don't have masks. I go to ball games to help with supervision and a community and a county, honestly, that don't have mask mandates. Vaccinating teachers is much greater than the possibility of contagion during that seventh hour school day. And so what that means is that some teachers feel desperate to get one. Yeah. And, you know, you talked about masks and, and getting them out into the community. We know that there's a lot of ways to mitigate the spread of COVID-19. Um, but the big thing is that we have to reach herd immunity in, in order to make sure that this virus doesn't continue to spread. And herd immunity can be achieved by um, people just acquiring the virus. So far, 526 thousand Missourians have tested positive for COVID-19 already. Um, and we've had over 8,600 of those individuals die from the virus. And the, obviously we report Matthew Holloway's data. I don't know if you're familiar with Matthew, but we track it very closely. Um, and we're looking at the, the seven day average of cases. And, um, you know, we are seeing those averages go down um, slowly over time. Um, there was 355 deaths reported just this week from COVID-19. So knowing that, I mean, 
we are still having hundreds of Missourians die every week from COVID-19. And while we're on the downhill slope of what we talked about in, in flattening the curve, you know, we still are seeing many of our loved ones die each week from COVID-19. And so just some final thoughts before um, I talk about some local data and numbers, Misty, on the teachers and getting this vaccine to them and the eagerness that you guys have. Sure. I mean, I think what we all want is what's best for kids. And that would mean keeping healthy teachers in the classroom. Again, I'll say over 94% of state funded schools offer in-person options this year. And in order to make sure that that continues, we just ask that the state add the layer of prioritization for teachers for that vaccine in tier three. We know that schools are doing the best they can to keep kids safe and this will just add to that safety. And you guys wrote the letter to um, Dr. Williams. If, if, you, if our listeners really want to get engaged, what are some ways that you would call to them to say, here's a way to help advocate for, mo for prioritizing teachers? Sure, I mean, I think that definitely letters, emails to the governor um, might be helpful or to their state senators and, and representatives. Certainly social media and reposting and even posting themselves that they think that teachers should be prioritized would be helpful. Um, the teachers love communities and we appreciate anything that the communities might do to help us in this as well. So thank you so much, Missy. Again, 2020 Missouri Teacher of the Year. Obviously we have one Teacher of the Year award that goes out and that's, I mean, thank you for what you're doing for our Missouri kids. Um, it, it's so special and important. We know that students are struggling during this time of the pandemic and putting the kids health first and foremost. And in order to do that, we have to have healthy teachers and, and staff within our schools. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me today, Jenny. I appreciate it. So for our listeners, I do want to point out that NPR now has a new um, site on their um, website. If you go to NPR, um, and forward slash shots. So you can look at how to sign up for COVID-19 vaccines in your state. I have to say, I've poked around a little bit on it. You put in your state location and it will give you information about the potential of where to register in the state, a map of the providers and um, some links to pharmacies that are offering it across the country. Most of this is what we covered in Wednesday's show, but it does put it all in one place. MU Healthcare has reported that um, some of the vaccines that were scheduled for this week have been delayed due to weather. And so if you're getting your second dose of Pfizer, um, MU Healthcare has all the Pfizer vaccines that are needed for those second follow-up doses. But these are people who are getting their um, next dose of Moderna. And so you will see um, that if, if you were scheduled to get a dose, your um, appointment might be delayed. And I don't know yet if they have started to reschedule those, but as of the time of reporting, um, they had not. So um, Boone County Health Department has put out a call. And you know I think that this is really important as we think about 
access to the vaccine and equal and equitable distribution of the vaccine, that some people can't wait in long lines to get the vaccine at these mass vaccination events. Um, they're not maybe on the computer all the time and that there's individuals that are homebound and so that they can't get out of their house. So the Boone County Health Department has put out a call that if you are a homebound individual who is falling into the tier 1B, um, phase 1B tier 2, um, which is anybody over 65 um, and with met or with medical conditions, that you can call the city number 573-884-CITY or 2489. And you can let them know that you have gotten signed up on the website, um, the COVID um, vaccine website, and that you would like to be prioritized in getting a homebound vaccine. So they are going to work with individuals who have completed the survey, but are homebound to get the vaccine to them. So please, if you have a neighbor or a friend who you know is unable to actually make it to an event, um, the Boone County Health Department is making the call to help with homebound back individuals on vaccinations. Um, on Friday at Mule Skinner's, Scott, um, the health department reported that um, we are seeing drastic reductions in cases. Um, so, you know, at one point in time, we were seeing a rolling average of over 160 cases per day. Those cases have dropped by upwards of 80%. Um, some of this is because we are seeing less um, people getting tested, but we are also seeing less people in the hospital. And so, and, and you know, far fewer individuals are, are dying of COVID-19 in the state. So I, I really do believe that even though we're seeing the testing percentage dropping, that we're seeing the number of cases dropping so that there's a reduction in COVID-19 cases in Missouri and in Boone County. And I think, you know, Dr. Alleman and I have been reporting on this for um, almost a year now. So the first death from COVID-19 hit U.S. shores, um, the first, first death just about a year ago now. And so with our reporting, and thank you, KOPN, for giving us the space every week to talk about what's happening in our local community, I, you know, I don't want to jinx it. We all know that there's um, variants out there, but I really think that we are finally on the downhill of this very long slope. But we have been a year going up. We are coming down. So please continue to remain diligent, keep distance, wear masks, wear two, they now say, um, for safer um, fits and to make sure that you're breathing through your mask and not around your mask. Um, back to you guys in the studio, KOPN, and thank you so much for airing this pre-recorded episode, speaking to our Missouri 2020 Teacher of the Year. And thank you very much, Ginny. That was 
public health advocate Ginny Chadwick, and she was interviewing Misty Grendel, the 2020 Missouri Teacher of the Year from the Fordland School District. If you happen to miss any part of that very informative interview, including all of the very salient information that Ginny gave you at the end, a friendly reminder that the episode is available now on our website, kopn.org, kopn.org, where everything is archived immediately. You can catch it on our Facebook profile a little bit later in the day and also on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. As always, it's a real pleasure and a privilege uh, to speak with members of our community, particularly in these times, these times of mass isolation. And we remind you that we'll be back with a new episode of Community Pulse featuring Mallory Daly and Dr. Elizabeth Alleman this coming Wednesday at 9 a.m. Until then, the message from your friends and your neighbors at your local community radio station is, as always, please stay safe and stay informed, Columbia.